0: Welcome to this edition of Boardroom Talk. My name is Julia Forshaw. I'm a specialist writer for The Investor's Chronicle. Today we're talking to Go Ahead Group's Chief Financial Officer, Patrick Butcher. Shares in Go Ahead Group are up by double digits today after the transport company reported its interim results. So let's start off with the performance in UK Rail. Can you give us an update on how this division is progressing, especially the Southern Rail franchise?
1: So if we look at the results from the UK Rail division in the first half of the year, uh, they they have outperformed uh, both our expectations and the market expectations. But in the full year, we expect them to be a bit closer to expectations. So let me just explain a little bit of what's going on in our rail division. Over the full year, we're expecting uh, we expected rail profits to be about 30 million lower than last financial year. Uh, why was that? We we knew we were losing the London Midland franchise. We knew that Southeastern is having revenue difficulties. We knew we would carry on bidding and mobilising for rail work. But set against that, as the performance on GTR, which is the franchise that operates Southern, uh, as performance for customers improved, we expected financial performance to improve. And all of those things remained very much on track. So why are the half-year results so strong? Firstly, in London Midland, uh, the last couple of months of trading were very strong, probably two million more than we expected. And and at Franchise Handover, we sold uh, some assets to the incoming franchise operator for a profit of six and a half million, which we hadn't expected. And that eight and a half million has flowed through into an uplift in our full-year guidance. In GTR, because of the timing of contract settlements uh, with the DFT and and it is a management contract with lots of of complexity in it Uh, it means that we've earned virtually all the profit we expect to earn in GTR for this year in the half year so the results in the first half are are very strong but will normalize to uh, expectations plus the benefit of one-offs over the full year.
0: And at the full year results in September, you said that margins in this division were at historically low levels. And since then, the division's operating profit margin has improved by uh, 0.9 percentage points but still sits at about 3%. And so do you feel that this is a sustainable figure over the long term? So I think one, one of the
1: questions that comes up a lot uh, about the UK rail sector is yeah, are margins sustainable? Uh, and I think sometimes that question is being asked in the context of what I would perhaps call a conventional business. Now, if you've got to invest in capital and you know, raise capital in order to finance an ongoing business then then margins of one and a half, two percent are potentially not sustainable. But actually if you if you look at what's underpins the rail franchises firstly there's very little capital involved Uh, so if i look at one of our companies gtr uh, which has a turnover of this year we're expecting 1.4 billion we've only put five million pounds of equity into that company so while the margins are very modest the returns from a capital invested perspective can be uh, much more highly geared and so you can make really good returns or as we've seen with people operating other contracts you know not such great returns.
0: So over this past six-month period then, how has that sort of return on CapEx improved?
1: I, th- I think part of what's slightly distorted the presentation of our margins in the six-month period is the, is the phasing of the profits in GTR that I was talking about earlier. So margins are not... Necessarily the best guide to, to what's going on, which is why we, we try and focus people on, uh, you know, consensus profit expectation, uh, rather than, than thinking about it as a, as a, as a margin on revenue. When you, when you talk about the two divisions that make the vast majority of our profits, then margin is a much better guide because, you know, particularly in, in our regional bus business, yeah, you know, we're selling tickets and operating services and that, that looks and feels much more like a conventional business and therefore, Um, Yeah, margin is a good guide to to what's going on in underlying trading activity.
0: And you've called the UK transport market in general challenging in the past. So why do you find the domestic market so challenging? And how do you feel that GoAhead is placed to deal with this marketplace, perhaps better than some of its peers?
1: Um, I I, I think when... when can draw some overall conclusions about what 's going on in in transport and it 's going on in this country, but equally it 's going on in in other countries obviously we, we know the u k best uh, but there, there are socio economic drivers that are that are changing transport patterns, for example on southeastern. Over the last two years, 40% of all of our customers have changed their travel patterns. Now, what does changing travel patterns mean? Well, it means working from home one or two days a week. It means probably going shopping a little bit less because um, you're, you're, you're shopping online and, and having your, your product delivered to your house. So there are, there, are, there are trends going on that are changing the pattern and nature of demand. Uh, what, what, what gives us... Uh, short term comfort on the on on our rail business in in dealing with that market is the southeastern franchise is pretty short um, and so it, it will be profitable over the rest of its its future and we 've got the opportunity to rebid it and on gtr we 're not taking demand or volume risk. In London, uh, we don't take uh, demand risk. We, we operate contracts for Transport for London. Transport for London takes the, the passenger risk. Clearly, and, and has, as has been publicised a little bit, if there are fewer passengers, that uh, leads to Transport for London having less funding, uh, and that means that over the medium term, they will they will look to slightly shrink the size of the London market. And in regional bus, which is where we're probably most exposed to those kind of market trends, firstly... The weight of our business is in the areas of the country that are doing better demographically, the south, southeast, and and a little bit in the southwest where populations are growing. We're focused on urban centers, so we really like university towns like Southampton and Brighton, and and in those areas, we're we're able to still generate growth, and that that gives us some protection relative to our peers. Probably the final point I would make is we have a, a very distinctive business model we operate on a highly devolved basis. So each of our bus businesses is accountable for their P&L. They are responsible for designing the services, you know, working out which routes to invest in, working out which routes perhaps aren't performing so well and to cut back a little bit. They will set fares locally. Uh, they will negotiate um, uh, wage, wage agreements with their local trades unions. Uh, and that devolved structure allows them to respond very quickly. And we've seen a, a good example in Southampton recently where one of our competitors withdrew from a service area. And, and within weeks, um, our local business was able to figure out how they could make money from those services, put on buses, and we've seen 30% growth um, on, on those individual routes. It's not going to move the dial nationally, but, but it's a good example of how our locally devolved management structure allows our businesses to respond quickly to changing circumstances.
0: Speaking of future growth, you've put in a bid for the southeastern franchise and so Go Ahead already runs this franchise. So do you feel like this gives you an edge in your future bid or how do you feel like you're placed to run this again?
1: Well, we think it must give us some sort of an edge. We've we think we've done we've done quite a good job. We've been through some difficult times with the infrastructure work at London Bridge, but since then Services improving uh, customers are are happier the the past they do customer survey scores done by an independent company and, and they 've improved significantly, so we think that allows us to provide a really high quality bid and, and the Department of Transport will be evaluating quality as a bigger proportion of the overall uh, award. So we think that, that puts us in a good position. We also understand the, the markets in which, in which it operates. We understand the costs. So we think we're in a strong position. But, yeah, there's been a lot of turnover of franchises and, and one can never be complacent, but we're as confident as we can be.
0: How are you planning to future any uh, future franchises that you um, could win?
1: The- type of franchise that we like to bid for is uh, commuter franchises, franchises around towns, a little bit like our buses. We, we, we're kind of town and city people. We understand those franchises. Uh, and in the UK, there aren't, there aren't a lot of those coming up after Southeastern. There's a, there's a bit of a pause. Um, in three or four years, GTR will be Um, up for rebid and we we will definitely bid for that. Um, We wait to see what happens with the great Western franchise, which is uh, the Thames Valley services into Paddington, but obviously also um, Cornwall and into Wales. Um, But that's partly also why we've developed our international strategy, where we are looking for growth in in, in other markets to just give us uh, a little bit more diversity.
0: And uh, you've mentioned Brexit as being sort of a challenge before. How do you think this could potentially impact how you look at um, bids for international franchises in the mm. future?
1: So I think Brexit has, has a, a number of challenges for us. One. Uh, there's lots and lots of dialogue by people far better informed than me about what it might or might not do to the economy, and and I don't have an opinion on what it's going to do to the economy. But whatever it does to the economy will have an impact on us. Uh, as we look internationally, you know, we've got we've got uh, three train franchises we've already won in Germany, and we're busily mobilising them. Um, and and in Germany, you know, MTR, which is the Hong Kong Railway. Yeah, operate trains in Germany. So there's no reason why uh, people from outside the EU can't bid for and win work in uh, EU territories. We we only wish that, that more of uh, the European Union would uh, open up their markets for competition.
0: And domestically, you've talked about this focus on sort of commuter towns and university towns and those sorts of things. And so how are you anticipating Brexit could potentially have a challenge in these areas?
1: So, so uh, uh, as I was saying... Uh, what drives growth in bus and rail companies and the ones we run is population growth and economic growth. Buses are more influenced by population growth and rail companies are more influenced by economic growth. So if Brexit causes an economic slowdown, then that will that will impact us adversely. If for example uh the population slows down from you yeah, reduced migration, that will have a negative impact on on the bus businesses. on the other hand, if yeah, the brexit miracle turns out to happen uh then there's there's opportunities for upside i think the other the other um puzzle that that we 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 think about is obviously a number of our bus drivers are from the European union, and if that source of uh labor dries up then we will we will need to look at at different ways of uh, encouraging uh, people from the UK to become bus drivers.
0: So today, the market responded quite positively to these results. But over the last two to three years in general, shares have been on a fairly downward trajectory. And so overall, what do you feel is the investment case for the go ahead group?
1: Okay, so yeah, you you um you've looked at the charts you've you've seen what 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 happens uh, for me i think what was what was encouraging about today is is really all we were doing was saying that we were going to do what we said we would do with one little bonus which was a bit of one-off income uh, coming out of london midland and it's it's a strange environment where a company simply meets expectations and the market has such a significant reaction so i think what for us what's really important is is focusing on what we do well focusing on the bedrock which is our bus business focusing on, on on bidding for work in london at yeah, sustainable margins, focus on driving growth and profit and um, revenues in the regional bus business and, and being clear with, uh, yeah, with the market where we think that's going to wind up, where, where, what we think we can do, uh, focus on continued service improvement in, in GTR, driving, uh, driving improvements for customers. And, and yeah, In the GTR contract, because we don't take revenue, uh, we, we make money by running the trains on time by agreeing you know, sensible cost variations with the government for all the extra trains we're going to run in May, when the Thameslink and uh, Thameslink services will be transformed beyond recognition, um, and in in managing our costs efficiently. Uh, so we need to focus on doing those things to, to earn the margins that uh, we believe are there and that uh, we hope people will see come through. We, we need to bid for and, and, and hopefully win Southeastern at, at a good margin, and we need to keep going with our international growth strategy. And, and we believe if we do those things, and we've, we've set it out really clearly in our, in our presentation today, we have a, a, a little document we call our strategy on a page. Uh, it sets out what we're doing, protect and grow the core win new contracts, and prepare for the future of transport. If we do those things, uh, then we think we're in good shape.
0: So share price should be kind of a reflection of what investors expect the future cash flows to be. And so do you think by doing these things that investors should be kind of reassured of the, that in earnings can be steady enough to sort of meet expectations? Yeah,
1: We think that perhaps the best way to articulate that in the foreseeable future is the focus on the dividend. And you know, we, we have a really clear dividend policy, which is two times earnings over a five-year average. We, we've set that specifically to allow us to carry on paying dividends through a, a profit dip should there be one if we, if we don't win Southeast, and we have to wait for the uh, international profits to come through. And then if you look at our cash flows, we've been, we, we think we've been really transparent. Again, there's a, there's a slide in, in the presentation pack today which shows the correlation between capital expenditure in London bus and contract renewals and shows that we expect that in 1819 and 1920, CapEx in London bus will fall by about 50 million pounds. So if we look into the foreseeable future, and who knows what happens in the long future, uh, we've got profit cover and we've got cash becoming available from significantly reduced capex to give confidence that we will keep paying the dividends. Long term, we need to follow through our strategy and, and deliver the profits.
0: All right. Thanks, Patrick. For more Boardroom Talk podcasts, head to the Investors Chronicle website, iTunes or Acast. Thanks for listening.